the Serious Talk Podcast, your source for all things archery. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Serious Talk Podcast brought to you by Serious Archery Products and Toughhead Broadheads. I'm your host, Connor Akers, and today is our last episode from the Houston Safari Club show. Um, Seth had to go to the airport. He's not on this one, so it's just myself and Mr. Rob Nielsen from the Ashby Bow Foundation. How you doing, Rob? Great, great. Appreciate you having me on here, Connor. Yeah, we're glad to have you. We, um, we're actually in the, in the booth here at the Houston Safari Club with the Ashby, Ashby guys. Um, we've had a great, great show. A lot of people have stopped by, and they've, they've learned a lot about what the Ashby Bow Foundation is doing. And I think we've, we've got the word out a little bit better. Yes, I agree. We've, we've handed out a lot of flyers, talked to a lot of people, shown them what we're all about. And uh, that is basically improving their uh, arrow lethality out in the field. And, of course, they've got to plan and prepare for uh, making their shots and doing everything right. And then also once they choose the right equipment, uh, it helps uh, them be more lethal, recover the animals quicker, uh, or recover them at all uh, versus using inappropriate equipment. Yeah. So what is the Ashby Bowhunting Foundation? Uh, Ashby Bowhunting Foundation, we formed it in 2017. It is a 501c3 nonprofit. Uh, We are education and research-based nonprofit organization, uh, basically to help uh, bowhunters worldwide uh, become more lethal. Okay. And so a lot of people might have seen it on social media coming out a little bit here recently, but you all been doing some, some recent testing and studies. Correct. Correct. We, uh, in 2021, we restarted, and I'll just back up prior to 2021, uh, Dr. Ashby has spent nearly 30 years of research in, uh, in his, uh, basically his whole life uh, doing research. And um, that started in Africa, ended up in Australia, and primarily using buffalo because of the a bone structure of a buffalo uh, is they've got flat overlapping ribs. And so when you test uh, into these flat overlapping ribs that are about three-fourths of an inch thick, you are going to hit bone regardless. Uh, you're not going to be, you might squeak an arrow between uh, the ribs now and then, but uh, 99% of the time you're going to be hitting bone. And uh, so it creates a great platform for these what-if scenarios when you do hit bone. And, uh, and you think about a whitetail hunter, now most whitetail hunters are up in a tree shooting down on an animal. And if, they, if that whitetail reacts uh, before that arrow gets there, it's a possibility they're going to hit a scapula. And that rib bone on a Cape buffalo is about the thickness of a big Midwestern whitetail, a mature whitetail. So it's a, it's a good uh, cross, but, but it, it's about as close as you can get. And uh, the testing we do... Uh, 2021 testing and what we did in 2022 it's basically a continuation of all of his studies so and um, looking at the the overall picture of everything we've got 30 years of study uh, plus the additional studies that we've started off again it's basically been ongoing Um, we've got another 20 years of data points uh, collected uh, that's accounted for over 100 elephant over 2000 Cape Asiatic Buffalo and then numerous other animals around the globe. Uh, so it, it's, it's very detailed. Uh, the database that we run, uh, Doc's original database that he collected with the equipment that was available at that time and was uh, around 118 data points per shot. Our database that's been updated, basically capturing all the original 118 data, uh, data points, 
but everything that's available now, it's over 250 data points per shot wow. taken. So it's quite, uh, quite detailed, quite extensive, and uh, we take that database uh, for obvious reasons. We don't uh, turn that loose to the general public or to manufacturers to extrapolate, um, select data out of there to make them look better. And, uh, but we do work with uh, independent uh, groups, to in, independent scientists that uh, review this data to basically, okay, this is where this data is going. Has this data changed anything that uh, DOC uh, originated with the 12 factors of uh, aero penetration? Awesome. So for the people listening, um, we're talking about Dr. Ed Ashby. Correct. And if you haven't listened to it yet, we did an interview with him. I think it's... It's in one of our first five episodes here on the podcast. I'm not sure exactly which one. But if you haven't listened to that and you have some time, I think it's about two hours. But that is a great podcast to listen to. He goes into all his stories from back in the day, all the testing he did. It was a, it was a really cool conversation. I'm glad we got to do it with him. Yeah, he, he's a definite walking encyclopedia of bow hunting and research. And I've been very fortunate, very lucky to, uh, to have him as a mentor and a friend. The level of experience is unbelievable. Oh, it's just a, the he, amount of animals. The man has forgotten more about bow hunting than I will ever know. Oh yeah, for sure. So why don't you why don't you go into the 2021 study a little bit? And okay, uh, the 2021 study was basically a kickoff uh, for us uh, to get our feet wet, so to speak, on the uh, to restart Dr. Ashby studies. Uh, went to South Africa. Uh, we ended up shooting one Cape Buffalo for testing. And uh, we didn't test a lot of broadheads in that, but it was a good kickstart and we learned a lot from that. We, once we put out that product, it's like, okay, let's, let's get advice, uh, input. And, uh, you know, we took the constructive criticism and improved it for our 2022 case study, which uh, we ended up shooting two Cape Buffalo in Zambia. And uh, the, uh, we ended up shooting 20, 22, 23 different broadheads. I think it has 22 different broadheads, and uh, and uh, new for that for the 2022 case study that we did not do in the 2021. It was just something that we picked up and was a good idea. We graded each factor, uh, each of the 12 factors, and uh, so basically put every broadhead, whether it's a fixed blade, two blade, three blade, four blade, mechanical. They put it all on the same level playing field. They all got a grade across these factors, and. Um, goes without saying, structural integrity is factor number one. If that structural integrity failed on any of the three broadheads, it failed the whole broadhead system. Right. All three failed. It, it basically, uh, you've got the equivalent of pulling three bullets out of a box of shells, and you want all three to perform, and one does not, then you know that could have been that's your only shot that could have been your only shot and, and in some cases we had one fail some cases we had three fail um and so we failed them it is what it is the facts are stubborn things and so with these buffalo how did how did this test happen so you have the <clears throat> buffalo down and then what do you do correct we hunted the buffalo i hunted with a bow and knew using proven medicine uh proven recipe to get these buffalo down uh, once we got the buffalo down, we propped them up, uh, immediately propped them up, um, cleared out an area, marked off the 20 yard, you know, basically straight on 90 degree shot. And we started grabbing broadheads because we're running on limited time. We have to get them in before rigor mortis starts setting in. Right. And we basically shot uh, three arrows each, 
we would take the measurements, shoot three more. We'd basically pull those and then shoot three more and shoot three more. And then I was sitting there watching where every shot was going to make sure, okay, I'm not putting it in the same hole as yeah. other other arrows have already been. So uh, <clears throat> so we that's how we ended up conducting the testing. All the data, all the measurements, everything, were t as many as I could were taken before I even got on the plane to go to Africa. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, so that's all in the database, basically. So I, all I had to do was go back and fill in, okay, check, do the post-shot sharpness of these broadheads and basically telling us how well that broadhead retains its edge as it's penetrating through that animal. Now, something we don't know is where that broadhead loses its edge. Of course. But uh, I can imagine it's in the hair, hide, bone, right there on the initial impact before it even gets into the thoracic cavities where most of the uh, it, most of the uh, blade erosion, the sharpness erosion occurs right there. So, yeah. and uh, But we measured all of that and we used the uh, known knife scale, the best uh, scales uh, to test the pre-shot sharpness and the post-shot sharpness and it's basically straight off of that whether we recommend okay this if it's above 400 on the best scale it requires maintenance right. and uh, so and that falls into basically what we okay it failed if it's above 400 post-shot then it, it fails but then we've got it broken down a b c d uh, from zero to 400 so okay and uh, so that's how we how we came up with that scale so you're looking at the sharpness you're looking at structural integrity are you looking at penetration uh, we do look at penetration as well okay. I mean that's that's a uh, issue we do grab and it's all in the case study but yeah we, we look at everything we look at the structural integrity uh, obviously the structural integrity is graded the perfect air flight is they, that's an automatic given it's an a we we test every shaft to make sure everything and, and on this testing basically I've got the same shaft and it's just different broadheads on each one. Right. So it and that makes sure I can, I can go get I can tune my bow to that shaft. Everything's flying right, and that way it ensures perfect flight. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, we graded on everything: uh, the forward to center, the broadhead mechanical advantage, the shaft to ferrule diameter. The uh, arrow mass is something we did not. Do. The arrow mass in uh, the heavy bone threshold were two we took out okay. because the animal's already dead. Yeah. It, it's in so. But the blade edge finish, uh, the shaft profile, uh, the silhouette—if uh, if you can grab—if something can, grabs with your fingernail, uh, then we basically equate that to uh, it can catch on a bone and impede right. your penetration. Um, the edge bevel and then the tip design—we look at everything and uh, then basically come up with an average grade, unless it was an easy structural failure, and then the whole system fails. Yeah. So, and we're talking about from tip bends. Uh, to complete failures, breakages, uh, things like that. So, so is this study? Are the results available to the public now? Can they all go read yes. it? Yes, yes, it's on the. If you go to the AshbyBowHunting.org, uh, you go to the reports page and then go on supplemental reports. And that 2022 case study will be at the. It'll be the top. It'll be. It'll. It'll clearly be marked for you to read. It's. Oh, it's a healthy read. It's like 100. And, 20 pages, close to 120 pages. Right. So now that the 2022 study is accomplished, what are you all, what's your plans moving forward? Uh, moving forward, we are in discussions right now with FASA 
and that what is, is FAZA for the people that don't know? FAZA, uh, that is the Professional Hunters Association of South Africa. Okay. And uh, we're, we actually have a meeting with them here at the Houston Safari Club in a little bit. We're going to, we're helping them with uh, some issues on their bow hunting. And uh, we will see, uh, but I think it's going to go well. Uh, they're very positive about it, but they've reached out to us for assistance. And um, we have a lot of support there. Um, I've got some projects, some more projects coming up with Texas Parks and Wildlife Department uh, this year where we're probably going to be doing a series of videos, but uh, we, we're going to have some meetings uh, here coming up to lay out the foundation on that. And uh, we're also going to probably end up doing some more youth hunts like we did last year with uh, Texas Wildlife Association, have some sponsored youth hunts and getting youth out in the outdoors and, uh, and helping doing some outreach like that. Awesome. Just from sitting here at the show with you, I've seen you've been doing a lot of just talking to kids and people that are interested in bow hunting. You're, you've offered to help them build their arrow setups and yeah. get ready to bow hunt. Yes. I think it's a, it's a really good thing that you all are doing there. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, we, we try to do it. And it's like, uh, you know, the, the, one of the things we try to do is educate the bow hunters. We hadn't really dived into it, but the, uh, the wound loss rate in bow hunting needs to come down, period. Uh, and the best way to do that is through education. And uh, if we educate these guys to look through the marketing hype that a lot of these manufacturers are just throwing out there on the market unchecked, uh, you know, that will help. And if we educate these people and they walk in the bow shop versus that bow shop going, oh, well, I've got product X sitting over here. You need to sell this and it's on sale. Well, it's on sale for a reason because nobody's buying it. And they're like, no, this is the product I want. And either you carry it or I'm going elsewhere to get it. That's going to drive that change. Right. And, uh, and then, uh, I mean, and we look at how emotional our society is, especially the anti-hunters are going to be the anti-hunters no matter what. Of course. But uh, when you walk around in this convention and you talk to a lot of outfitters and they're like, okay, we don't want bow hunters coming over here because of what I just said. Uh, they come over here, they're, they're not prepared, they don't practice, they don't know the anatomy, they don't understand the physiology of these animals, they bring the improper equipment, and they end up wounding a lot of animals. And a lot of these hunts are disasters for these guys. And yeah. uh, the, most of the time is spent, you know, running around with tracking dogs and helicopters trying to find these wounded animals to shoot them out of helicopters to go ahead and dispatch them that's not good for the hunting no. industry and it's not good for bow hunting and if we can help reduce that through education and use, get people to start okay I need to do more than pick up my bow two weeks before I go on a hunt and practice and b become intimately familiar with my equipment so I can do my job when I get that opportunity it will really help yeah and uh, so and but yeah even internally inside this exhibit hall right here you will find a lot of people that do not like bow hunting for that reason I've, I've i've talked to people that have said that yeah and we're trying to help change that and uh and everybody i've talked to that uh i've got some people that are willing to help us out that uh that do not like bow hunters yeah. and there, there's a lot of bow hunters i don't like that fall into that category and they need to wake up because they're doing nothing but giving uh, bow hunting and the bow hunting community a black eye yeah a bigger black eye i should say yeah, I agree. So, but uh, so the Ashby Bow Foundation, you said it's a nonprofit. It 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 runs off of people's support, correct? Correct, correct. We do not accept money from archery manufacturers. Uh, 
uh, period. Um, and this that way, when we do our testing, like in the 2022 studies, you will see you know, we're going to post what happens out in the field. Period. We're not out to we're not out to get anybody or anything else. What happens in the field is what we're going to report. What happens right. on, to that equipment? If it breaks, that's what's going to be reported. If it's uh, it, it, it is what it is. I don't care what manufacturer it is. So uh, it, it's fair. it's fair to the uh, industry. It's fair to the hunters, the bow hunters, and everything. And that's why we do not we'll we'll accept money. We're individual bow hunters, donors, uh, corporate sponsors. Yes, all that as long as they're not a manufacturer. And uh, that's pretty fair. So uh, and that keeps us completely independent, unbiased, um, and we're going to go basically where this outcome-driven data takes us. And if it's, uh, and just for example, there's a lot of people that think uh, or thought, I've heard this before, oh, y'all just want heavy arrows and you don't like mechanicals. Well, no. I mean, if you look at the 2022 case study, we had the first mechanical pass the structural integrity side. The rest of Mm -hmm. them just blew to pieces. And uh, and that's over 40 years. And uh, we finally had this one, and we ran it. That was on a 600-grain setup. And um, it performed well. It held together. It was flawless when we extracted it. And so we decided impromptu. It's like, oh, we're going to put a heavier air behind this and see what happens. We ran it at 900 grains, and it still held up. So it's all reported. That was the surprise of the test. And that's what we reported. And we're not all about, oh, you've got to shoot this or nothing. We look at the efficiency of those arrows, and with the technology we've got now, I mean, you can get, you can jump up your forward to center, you can get your for, uh, perfect flight, you can get everything lined up. And the more of these factors you can plug in, the better. I mean, the technology's come so far uh, that uh, it's, we just want the bow hunters to be as efficient as possible. And uh, we've got a lot of people that, uh, that are directors that help us that, uh, are you know in the 500 grain range because uh, that's the trajectory they're comfortable with and they're shooting like 40 pound bows but that arrow system that they're shooting they're shorter draw lighter poundage but they're running like 25% forward to center and of course the perfect flight and everything is a given um, if, we, if, it, if we could push the forward to center higher and they still maintain perfect flight great but you can't. There's a point where, I mean, some of these arrows, you just can't get it, but you maximize that and you keep it where it is. And I'd rather have a 20% forward to center arrow uh, flying perfectly than a 22, 23, 20, or anything above that that doesn't fly perfectly. Right. You know, I mean, you've got to have your perfect flight. Of course. And, uh, and that basically your perfect flight is the, the basically, it's, it allows you to, everything else to work. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Well, I really appreciate you coming on, talking with us. We've enjoyed this trip uh, down here to the show. How can how can people that are interested find you all? Um, people that want to look us up, uh, it's uh, we're on the World Wide Web, it, as everybody is. Uh, it's ashbybowhunting.org. Uh, feel free to reach out to us. We've got a contact us uh, page. If you've got any questions, you want to talk to us, uh, send us an email through through the website and. We'll, we will be in touch with you. That's probably the best way for people to reach out to you. We, we do have a Facebook page. We do have an Instagram page. Uh, I've, there's other people that take care of that. I have not even seen the Instagram page. I don't <laughs> even have an Instagram account. Okay, so I'm old school. That's so, all right. So, uh, so uh, but no, the, I would say the web page is probably the best way to reach us if someone wanted to reach out to us. And, and it's loaded uh, with information yeah, on there. Yeah, the, all, all of Doc's original reports are on there. 
uh, going back to the Natal results and then from 1987 forward. Yeah. And uh, and for a lot of people who don't you know, might be thinking and hearing this, okay, well, who's who's Dr. Ed Ashby? Well, it's real easy. Uh, Dr. Ashby is the reason bow hunting got legalized in South Africa. Period. Yeah. Uh, he, he he was on the Natal study. And uh, he is the, from that Natal study. That was a defining document that legalized bow hunting, and then bring it forward from there. So, because I know we've got a lot of younger guys that are probably going to listen to the podcast, and right. okay, well, they were probably not even born then. So, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, and I, I, I was. I'm, I'm a little bit younger than Doc, but not much. So, <laughs> so, uh, but uh, but no, we're we're here available to talk to anybody anytime. Uh, We've actually got an invitation that sits out. Uh, we put it out on uh, the social media circles. It's uh, basically an open invitation to really any manufacturer. If they want to sit down and talk about aerolethality, we're open to discuss it. Yeah. So. That's great. So we're here. That's awesome. Well, we really appreciate what you all are doing for the bow hunting industry. Well, I appreciate it. And, yeah, we're, we're trying. And uh, But, yeah, we're, and again, we're nonprofit. Uh, and I will touch base on this. We rely on donors funds none of us we're all volunteers there's no salaries paid by this foundation at all so yeah. it's 100 percent volunteer uh the testing that we do we've basically got corporate sponsors for the testing so any individual donors that are putting money into this foundation is basically going to run the web page uh doing things like that unless it's earmarked for something specific but uh but yeah, that's, uh, and we're going to continue doing this and uh, have this outreach for the bow hunting community and be a source for the bow hunting community to reach out to. That's great. Well, <clears throat> that's going to wrap this one up, guys. Um, had a pretty good conversation here with you, Rob. Excellent. Excellent. Appreciate you having me on, Connor. Yeah. Um, appreciate, appreciate you guys coming down here to Houston to check out the Houston Safari Club convention. This has been, it's been great. We've enjoyed it. So last thing I want to mention, um, like I said, this is the last uh, podcast from the show here. If this is something you all enjoyed, let us know. Um, it was a little bit different from what we usually do. And if you didn't enjoy it, let us know. We, just, we enjoy the feedback either way. So thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we'll see you on the next one. Thank you. <laughs>